All right, so Mark chapter 8, verse 22. We have some guests with us this morning, if you happen to be listening on the podcast of the Tiny Variety. So, uh, verse 22. They, meaning the disciples and Jesus, came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go into the village. Uh, Verse 27, Jesus' disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Verse 31, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed after three days and rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose his but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in to his Father's glory with the holy angels. All right. We have three stories (laughs) this morning, which we will try to get through very quickly. We have the uh, healing of the blind man at Bethsaida, Peter's confession of Christ, uh, and Peter's rebuke of Peter. Excuse me, Jesus' rebuke of Peter. That would make him slightly schizophrenic if he was (laughs) rebuking himself. Um, So the first story we see is uh, what is sometimes comically called among scholars the spitting ministry of Jesus, um, where Jesus actually spits on the man's eyes and puts his hands on him. Um, Other stories, it's got Jesus spitting in the dirt and making some sort of like clay compound and putting it on the man's eyes. I mean, it's interesting. Um, Yeah, I think this is a really interesting, um, for those of you on the podcast, we had some really good discussion yesterday. about healing and what happens when people aren't healed and how we understand that and what it is that um, we do as disciples of Jesus. It's interesting in this particular story because there are a couple of different ways of reading it. Like one of the ways that we read it is um, Jesus's attempts to heal the man um, and he gets some healing, but he doesn't have, he doesn't receive full healing. And so he's blind. He spits on the eyes. He covers the man's eyes um, and then ask him clearly, like, do you see anything? Like, has there been any healing that's happened? Um, and 
I love this little passage in verse 24. He's like, I see people. They look like trees walking around, which is basically he's seeing shadows um, of people. He's seeing more than he was. He can see the movement of people. He can see the blurry outlines of people. But in this man's, like, limited vision. Yeah, it's how apparently Toy sees the other glasses. Um, It's like they're blurry trees walking around. It says in verse 25, once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go into the village. Um, Specifically, that reference seems to be, if you go into the village, you're going to tell people what happened. You're going to tell people who I am. I don't want people to know that yet. Um, But again, like what we, I think this is just an interesting thing that we see with Jesus. Uh, We talked a little bit yesterday about how like in Jesus's hometown, he was not able to do like all of the different kinds of miracles and signs and wonders that he'd been able to do um, because of their, um, basically like their lack of desire for him to do that sort of thing. In this one, um, we see that Jesus prays for healing. He does something odd with the spitting and the hands on the thing. um, And the man does not receive full healing the first time. Um, Then he comes back around. He continues to press in um, and he receives the full healing. Again, we don't know everything that's happening here. We, we talked yesterday about some of the different ways, reasons that people don't receive healing. Sometimes it's their lack of faith. Sometimes it's um, because there's a battle going on. We talk about how like there's a battle between Jesus and his enemies and how our, um, the enemies are not flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, and the principalities of this age. Like There's demonic power. Um, there's sometimes that there's a timing thing that's going on. And then there, the fourth one is like, it's a mystery. We just don't know why. And we actually don't know what it is that's going here. Is Jesus engaging in a battle? Is there a timing thing that's happening? Um, it does not seem that the man has any faith issues. Um, so we don't exactly know what's going on. But what we do see Jesus do is the same encouragement that he gives us in Luke chapter 18, which is to keep pressing in. Um, he gives the parable of the, the woman kind of banging on this judge's door asking for justice and she keeps doing over and over and over and he says no 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 and finally he like just relents and gives up and jesus says before he shares that parable he's like the the meaning of the he gives him the meaning of the parable before he tells him the parable he's like i'm about to tell you the story the purpose of the story is to show you that you should not give up praying um and in some way or shape or form this is what we see jesus do he presses in for a second time um, what, what it is that we see in verses 27 through 30 with Peter's confession of Christ, again, we have a picture of who Jesus is only because the Father gives us that revelation. Um, the disciples all got to see that Peter was affirmed in that moment. Um, they got to say that uh, they got to a picture of who Jesus was through the eyes of Peter and fuller, more full revelation would be given to them later. But they get a first glimpse and inkling, it seems, of who Jesus really is. Not just like a prophet or a wonder worker or someone who teaches with amazing authority, wisdom, and insight. Um, but specifically that he is the one that everyone has been waiting for. Um, and right now they don't have the full picture of that. They just have Peter's. But even with that, Jesus instructs them to not to tell anyone. Um, you get the brashness of Peter when... <laughs> I I love how verse 32 says it. He says, Jesus starts to speak plainly about this. So very specifically talking about like, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. The rulers, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, they're going to kill me. I'm going to rise in three days. And, And Mark says like, 
He spoke plainly about this. He's not speaking in riddles. He's not speaking in parables. He's not speaking in ways that would be confusing. Um, in some of the ways that Jesus actually does oftentimes too. He says he speaks plainly about this. Um, and in speaking plainly about this, Peter pulls him aside and is like, hey, dude, you're scaring the guys. Like, I know that's not going to happen. You know that's not going to happen. But I think the other guys are getting a little, getting a little fearful. And uh, Jesus rebukes him. And it's like, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Um, Clearly in Peter's mind, he knows who Jesus is. But the way that Jesus is going to be this person, the long-awaited Messiah, and the way that this Messiah operates, which is in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man, functions completely differently than Peter thinks that it's going to. And so I think this is really important for us to see is that we can get revelation about something and still get a lot wrong. A lot wrong. Um, there's something in us. I've started to actually just do a little journaling and writing on this. That like, there's something in us that when we get a very clear revelation from God, or we have an experience of God that might be of the supernatural kind. I guess any experience with God is of the supernatural kind. But ones that seem like, holy crap! Can you believe this just happened? Um, maybe this is just me, but I think I see this with Peter as well. Is that once I experience that, I want to like and close it up and be like, all right, I've had this thing. I've got what I need. I'm ready to go. Or I like want to put like this, this beautiful little packaging around this experience. Well, like there's this sense that like there might be more to come, that maybe the experience isn't over, that maybe there's more revelation, that maybe God wants to do more, that maybe it wasn't just the healing of that person, but maybe it was the salvation of that person and their whole family. Um, there's oftentimes I'm willing to stop after that first initial breakthrough because I'm just so excited that it happened or like I'm nervous. Um, I don't know, like maybe I, I, I do feel like nervousness or anxiety sometimes when I'm just, I need to like actually press into that. I'm like extroverting right now. Um, clearly I know what I'm going to be journaling about later. <laughs> like, why am I nervous? Um, but like my, my desire to, to like sew up that experience and to not leave it open-ended, which probably has a little bit to do with my Myers-Briggs typing as I'm a J. Um, I need to stop working out what's going on in my mind right here. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron, for laughing so heartily. But I think in that moment, what it is that Peter is, what Jesus identifies, you don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Um, it's not that Peter didn't start off with the things of God in mind. It's that it pivoted. At some point, it moved to a different direction. And I think all of us very clearly see the ways in which we're capable of pivoting any circumstance from like, it started off as this holy thing, this good thing, this consecrated thing, this set-aside thing, um, and now it's something else. And I have, I have commandeered the situation to my ends um, in the way that I think it should be fit, even if it's a good thing. Um, and I think it's important once again to remember, like, it's not just the words of Jesus or the works of Jesus. It's also got to be the way of Jesus. And Jesus is very concerned that those three things, words, works, and ways, align in all situations. Otherwise, he would not be doing the work of his father. Um, then he gives just a, a really, really hard teaching that I think we just have to like, this is what Jesus says. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? 
If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes to his Father's glory with the holy angels. It's interesting in that last verse, it doesn't say that you won't come into the Father's glory. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. It says the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Um, like judgment day will still be, I think, a hard thing for every human being, even if you know Jesus and that like you will see like all of your life. Um, the good news is that that life is covered by the blood of Jesus. And so when we go into the father's glory with the father, um, I think at that point, like all of that is, is removed, but there's a sense of, we will see like the life that we have lived. And the good news is that Jesus has sin, I mean, not sin, Jesus' blood has covered all of our sin. Um, and so this is a, this is a tricky passage, I think right here. We don't, I don't know that we know everything that's going on. Um, but I think just at least at face value, we can say, Jesus is saying, like, don't be ashamed of me. Like, don't be ashamed of me. Like, I was not ashamed of you. Um, I was not ashamed to, like, pick you up when you were just broken and just the worst of the worst of the worst. I was not ashamed to call you my brother. Um, so don't be ashamed of me. Uh, and I think that's, that, at least for me, that, that's a, the convicting part this morning. Like, there are times where, like, I just, for all sorts of reasons, um, can, can hedge my bets a little on, maybe not hedge my bets, like, can, can pull back from, like, boldly saying, like, who Jesus is, the goodness of Jesus, um, to people who may think differently than me, or Christians who may think differently than me. And I think sometimes that's because... I'm worried what they might think. Sometimes that's because I'm worried what they might think of Jesus. Sometimes I'm just really embarrassed by other Christians. Um, and I don't want their shadow to like fall on me. <laughs> Cause it's like, I just, we all probably suffer that we are embarrassed by the actions of other Christians, what they do, what they say, what they believe. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is we are in the same family and that Jesus was not ashamed of them. He is not ashamed of them. But he's also not ashamed of us. Oh, no. Is it recording? <laughs> hey, we're not sure how far this got in the recording. We had a little error that I did not see. We're going to hope that it recorded. God bless you. <laughs>